This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Awesome. Good morning, everybody, and welcome again to our celebration. It's wonderful to be together. I just want to welcome those of you that are watching us online. So good to have you tune in with us. Uh, we, we would love to connect with you. Please let us know where you're watching from in the comment section below. And some of you in your in here, you could also, you know, check in, share the live feed. Don't watch it there, watch it here. But while you are here, it's wonderful to be together. Friends, we are in our second installment of Called Out. Uh, I hope that you have watched and have been engaging with uh, our different material that we have available for you. Uh, we have got our app, as you saw, and this is a great platform for you to be able to access a daily devotional. You'll be able to catch that and just read through the book of Mark is what we're journeying through. And throughout the next 30 days, we're going to be um, just journeying, reading that together, and also studying it on our Sunday messages as well as our light groups together. So this morning, we are beginning to speak about a, a topic which, which I think is, is, I think, really helpful for any follower of Jesus. But we are being called out to f- become followers of Jesus but today, we, I'm going to be speaking about the fact that you, are, you and I are called out to follow and obey Jesus' teaching. Now, before we look at our passage in Mark, I want to sort of pose this question. In our, in our modern day setting, the, the world that we live in today, for many people, when we think about the Bible, when we think about Christianity, there are so many things that are coming up against us, saying, like, well, is it really true should I really base my life upon that? Uh, I certainly have seen, as I look across the pond up to the first world countries and more progressive places, uh, what's evident for me is to see how, how God's word and authority is diminished and what is brought to the fore or the things that we hold dear to or that we subscribe to as people is more and more people's opinion and people's culture. If you are aware of what's happening at the moment, the Church of England are basically really going alongside and and running with the cultural narratives that we see and are departing more and more from what the Bible says. Now, today I'm going to be speaking to us about the fact that you and I are called to follow Jesus' teaching. Now, if you've ever heard someone speak, you know, have you ever maybe tuned in online uh, some of you enjoy watching TED Talks, those little 10, 11, 12-minute uh, talks. Some of you maybe have a specific speaker. Even, it can even be within the church uh, context. Someone that you look to, that you admire, that you think, yeah, this person, the way that they speak, this is just amazing. But what's interesting for me to see is that of all the famous people in history, of all the people that have made an impact in the world in terms of what they said, nobody compares to Jesus. Have you realized that? You know, of, of all the different people, even Caesar, um, who, who at the time was the Caesar when Jesus, is, Jesus was alive, you can only find a couple of small tidbits of quotes here and there that someone said and say, okay, this is what he said. This was really interesting. This is something that he, he a part of his life. But nobody on the face of the planet that's ever breathed air and lived inside of a human body has made it more of an impact. And so as we are sharing and studying through the Gospel of Mark, I want you to encourage you to actually begin to think of all the Gospels. The Gospels are means through which you and I can come to know Jesus. It's His life. It is a verified account. 
you know, eyewitness account, not something that somebody hundreds and thousands of years later went to go, okay, let me go and research. Okay, so this one wrote about him, and this one wrote, and then there's some historic accounts of this happening, and it looks like the little piece of pottery that we found, that looks like it could be connected with this particular person. No, we see Jesus within the first 30 to 70 years after his life, ministry, death, and resurrection, within the first 30 to 70 years, or 70 years, people began to give an account of his life. We actually see that in, in the Gospel of Mark. Mark be, oh, uh, actually, the Gospel of Luke. Luke begins his, his message basically saying that many people have endeavored to write about this Jesus, and I am going to be one of them that is going to give an account. There is nobody else in, the, in all of history that has had so many people that lived, breathed, touched, was involved with Jesus and could give an account. So you and I can trust the Word of God. And I think more than just as believers, what we can sometimes do is we can take this Word and say, wow, here's some good truth for me here. Here's some good things. If I, you know, if I, if I read the book of Proverbs, I can see, well, you know, this is some good principles. If I apply them, it's going to make an impact in my life. It's, it'll improve my life. And, and, and the fact of the matter is that God's principles in God's universe works. You know, that's why God says that he lets it rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And so when we live according to the principles that the Bible teaches, I think we will be blessed, we'll experience God's favor. But the point of this word is not just principles, not just good little tidbits that you and I experience, but actually it's about coming to know a person. That person is Jesus. And when you and I study together and look at, at God's word, I'm trusting that even today as I share, you and I would be, come to see the, the significance of what Jesus said and did and how you and I can apply it, I think, in greater measure as well. So today's passage is found in Mark chapter 1. We're going to read from verse 21 to 28. And I just want to ask, before we get into reading it, and you can paste there, or, or the scriptures will be on the screen. What I've found as a preacher, you know, it's easy to go to the Bible and nitpick my, my favorite topics. And, and I, to be honest, this week, this week I've really struggled in my preparation for today's message. Because when we come to God's Word and our approach is, let me go to the parts I like, then those are the things that I prefer. And I feel like, hey man, I'm getting my, my word, my message, my encouragement for the week. I'm ready to go. But when we come and work through the Bible systematically, like we are doing now, it forces us to come to grips with some of the things that God wants to address and speak into our lives. So I want to encourage you in your personal reading of the scriptures to read the entire letter or the entire book um, that is there. Don't just jump from, oh, my new version, verse, verse of the day. Cool, great, that's all I have for today. But actually, let's read the entire thing. Because have you ever kind of stumbled into the middle of a conversation? My kids do that all the time. They start chiming in. And I'm like, you don't know anything that we're, what we're talking about. You just like picked up a few tidbits and now you think what's going on and you want to make a contribution to it. 
And many of us actually approach our reading of Scripture and even our application of what we think Jesus taught and what, he, what we think He says and wants us to do, and we miss out on the bigger picture. So we're going to read together from verse 21. It says, They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at His teaching, because He taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit, cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. The impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching? And with authority, he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him. The news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. Now, friends, this is quite an interesting um, you know, account. And, and I'm going to trust that I can work with sharing. Just, I really do believe that this morning God wants to break people free from the shackles and the chains that may be holding you. And for some of you thinking, well, Gareth, I don't have an evil spirit, I don't have any funny twitches or weird things that are happening in my life at the moment, but I believe that God wants to break some of your mindsets, some of your thinking, some of your habits that I'm, I'm trusting that as you leave here today, you would be a new person and that you'd experience that today. Now, friends, this is a, the first thing I want to speak about is the fact that people were astonished at Jesus' teachings. Just like I said in my introduction, that nobody on planet earth has been quoted more. Nobody's more songs have been written about. You know, many of us, if I had to say to you, you know, do you know Martin Luther King Jr.? Just have to put that in there. If you know about him, then many of you would say, I have a dream. That's the one I remember that one speech that he did. I have a dream. But do you know any of the other things that Martin Luther King said? Maybe perhaps if you're a real fanatic and a fan, you would know a little bit more. If I had to say, have you got any quotes from Nelson Mandela that I could, you know, well, some of you say, oh, I, I read Long Walk to, the, to Freedom, and I have studied it, and I, I've been so inspired by some of the things he said, and, say, and he, he did. But when it comes to our walk with Jesus, the first thing you and I need to see is that when we engage with God's Word and with the words of Jesus, we will be left astonished and amazed. And I'm trusting that as you and I encounter with Jesus every single day, that that would be our experience. I mean, other parts in the gospel, it speaks about that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 28 says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. So why were people astonished at Jesus? What made him special or different? I think the first reality is that you and I need to understand that obviously Jesus was God. Just a few verses before in this chapter, we see how Jesus is affirmed by the Father at his baptism. The Holy Spirit descends, descends upon him. And I want to just clarify here. Some of us believe, oh, is that when Jesus actually was filled with the Spirit? No, he was filled with the Spirit from birth. He was conceived by the Spirit. But that moment was not so much for him as it would be for you and I. When we see that Jesus is affirmed by the Father, 
heavens open and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Later on in the gospel, we see at Jesus' transfiguration, the father again speaks these words and he says, this is my son, listen to him. When the disciples see Jesus in his glorified state, they come to realize that, listen, he is no man. He's no ordinary human being. He is the son of the living God come in the flesh. And so when Jesus comes, he speaks very differently to what the people had experienced. You will see in this passage how the people were saying, what is this type of teaching? that He, he doesn't speak like the scribes and the, the, the Pharisees and the rabbis that we have. Because you see, friends, in, in those days when someone came together for synagogue, and I guess this can happen for us even in church, is that in order for me as a speaker to add weight to what I'm saying, I would need to quote someone that is more famous, more reputable than I am. Am I right? That's what we do. So that's what they did. They would get together, and some of these really clever, well-studied um, you know, scribes, because they would be copying the scripture, making sure that every little detail was covered. They would quote other rabbis, and even today, if you listen to some of our modern-day you know, Jewish scholars and rabbis, they are continuously quoting other rabbis and other people that have done studies and have shown themselves to be of good reputation. But in this moment, we see that Jesus doesn't speak like that. Throughout the gospel, we see Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say to you, or the actual word translation would be, Amen, Amen. It's actually saying, Truly, I say to you. In other words, I'm not coming in the authority of someone else. I'm coming in the authority that God has placed on me as his son. I'm not representing some other scholar, some other teacher, but I am actually representing the Father, and I'm ushering in a new way that you and I can come to know him. Isn't that just amazing? So when you and I hear Jesus speaking, it's not just a man that's speaking. It's the son of God. But Jesus also had a way of connecting with people and helping them to understand aspects of the Scripture. Now, I don't know about you. I, I've been saved now for almost 30 years. And in my journey, I've come to this Word and I've read the same thing many, many times. And so often I have received from the Holy Spirit something new something different. I've been challenged. I'm, like, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't change my translation. I'm pretty sure I've never seen this before. Have you ever had that experience before? But even as we come to this, sometimes I read it and I go, can it be this simple? We come to God sometimes expecting for Him to use lofty words. And even some church traditions, that's what we think. I'm more spiritual by using bigger words or by quoting other aspects of something that you don't know because, you know, I'm the special one. I have the special knowledge. And then if I have it, then I'll be able to. I will be the key to unlock the truth for you. No, no, friends. When you and I are Jesus followers, we come to God's word and we say, Lord, teach me. Show me. Show me who you are and let me come to know you and experience you in greater measure. Jesus spoke in parables and in poems, and in Proverbs. What is interesting to see in that regard is that he made some things that were really complex, really simple. 
He never made things more complicated than they needed to be. And we often approach God's word and listening to Jesus' word saying, okay, where, what's the extra steps? Like there has to be more to it. It can't just be the gospel. can't be that simple. Put your faith in Jesus. Profess him as Lord and Savior. Turn from your wicked ways and follow him. Like, does that give me salvation? Yes, that is it's just as simple as that. But also, God begins to, as Jesus speaks, un- unveil for us the kingdom of God and his principles and his ways as we are intentionally seeking after him. And what's interesting to see is that as he spoke, he used very practical things. And I want to encourage you to, when you're reading the scriptures, to not make it too complicated. Jesus used the analogies of farming and he used analogies and examples uh, you know, in civil life, when people brought, wanted to catch him in different things, he would say, you know, when they asked him about paying taxes, for instance, the Pharisees were trying to trap him, say, okay, oh, we, can get, we can get him into trouble, hey. But what does he do? He simply asks some questions. Well, whose image is on the coin? Well, Caesar. Well, then give to Caesar what is due to Caesar, but whose images are we made in? We're made in the image of God. Therefore, we live, not for ourselves, but we live as a sacrifice given back to God. You see, friends, Jesus was completely in touch with what people were experiencing. And I believe even as we see this moment, as he's teaching, he is in touch with where people are at in the room. And so many times throughout the Gospels, when we see him feeding the 5,000 or on his way and the woman touches his cloak and she needs healing, he is in touch with what people are experiencing. When he encounters the woman who had lost her son and she's wailing and weeping because he has died, her only son that's left over, Jesus is willing to be detoured in order to speak to her. Our friends, as you are encountering God, as you come into God's word, don't ever believe that God is too busy to hear your plight, too busy to listen to what your needs are, and too busy and occupied to come and encourage you with His Word and by His Spirit. The second aspect I want us to look at is the fact that Jesus' teaching had power. And this is a phenomenal reality because I've experienced, I've read books and I've, I've listened to speak, people speak and I've left going, Yes, I want to change. Yo, I feel like I could do this, you know. And then what happens? Maybe not with you, but with me. I'll just confession session. Okay. I don't do it. <laughs> I don't do it. I don't apply the principles. I don't, I've struggled to actually walk it out. But what I've experienced is when I've had encounters with God in His Word, when I've spent time with Jesus and I've prayfully said, Lord, let this word come into me and change my life. I have seen God transform my life. Anybody else experience that in the room today? So many hands are going up today. Friends, this is the reality of coming into God's presence and being taught by Jesus. It is, he is profoundly spiritual and speaks into not just what your head wants to know, but transforms your heart. And sometimes the longest or the furthest journey is from my head to my heart. It's only 30 centimeters, but sure, it takes a long time for stuff to go from here to there. Hey. And so let's not go to into or approach Jesus' teaching only wanting to fill our, our minds with things. But Lord, come and change my heart as I encounter you. 
You see, John 6, 63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Now, many of us, I think, when we approach Jesus, can experience, you know, like I said, only from an intellectual basis. And we miss out on the spiritual aspect of what God wants to do because God has made us spiritual beings. And when we are actually yielded to Him, when we're walking with Him, He wants to quicken our, He makes our spirits come alive. And He helps us to understand and experience things that we would never have in other ways. Now, so many people miss out on the life of God because He says His words are life and they are spirit. There is life for you and I. I've seen this in my own life, and I'm sure many of you can attest. When you and I have said, I'm going to turn my back on my old life, my own old patterns of thinking, the way I used to steward my money, how I raise my kids, what I do with my language. That was like the biggest thing that initially, when I got saved, I couldn't understand or believe actually how quickly things changed in the way I spoke because God's life entered me, but I also was yielding myself more and more to God's scriptures. But many of us can have one of two reactions to Jesus' teaching. We can be like the religious scribes, the Pharisees, even the Roman soldiers and others who reject Jesus' teachings and criticize it. Like in our society today, so many people are going, you know, if, if, I, if I had an old Bible, yeah, I would just rip out some paper, but you get the picture, you know. I won't do it with my nice Bible. So many of us would want to just rip out sections because I don't like this. This is challenging me too much. My culture doesn't agree with this. How, how can God say these things and expect these things? But friends, this is the only way to know Jesus closely at first, but as life carries on, we begin to follow him more and more at a distance. And it happens because we compromise. We compromise our love and devotion to him. Friends, can we be... More the second way, not like the religious leaders, but can we be like humble people? In humility saying, Lord, I don't have it all together. And if your word says it, then that settles it. I don't have to even believe it. That is the truth. When God's word says it, that settles it. And I'm going to yield and I'm going to make the adjustments, not in my own strength, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to trust Jesus. What's amazing to see is that Jesus was more than just a what, they, what some would call or refer to as a, as a medium through which a message happened. So let me explain a medium and a message. A medium is the radio. The radio plays and a message comes through the medium, which is the radio or the television or the book that you and I read. But there is a message that then impacts and transforms our lives. Jesus is both the medium and the message. I want you to see this. So when we yield ourselves in humility before him, and we say, Lord, come and transform my life, impact me, change me, as we do that, friends, I believe we encounter the person of Jesus, and we not only experience him as the medium, but we also become one with his message, meaning that we become followers of Jesus that make followers of Jesus. When people look at our lives, we're not just people that, oh, you look like you're doing the right things. No, we're actually inviting others. 
can you and I really say, like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ? I certainly have some aspects in my life where I'm like, please don't follow me in that area. Please don't. But because I'm convicted and feeling in my heart, I'm not condemned. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But I can be convicted in my heart saying, Lord, there's an area of my life where I'm not lining up with you yet. I want to make the adjustment so that I would become more, that when people look at my life, they see Jesus. They don't see anything else. There's no blurred lines. There's nothing else that detracts from that. Jesus says in, uh, or it speaks about Jesus, it says, in him was life and life, and life was the light of man. Jesus is our life, and you and I, as we yield ourselves more and more to him, as we, as we listen to his teaching and apply what he, teach, he taught, you and I would be able to experience more of that. You see, friends, when we look at Jesus' life, and this is something that just boggles my mind. Jesus and his disciples are, you know, they're up on the mountain. Jesus is wanting to have a moment to teach them and, and kind of a bit of a retreat. Have you ever been at that moment where you're like, I just want to get away from, with God. I just want to spend some time alone with God. And then what happens? Everything else takes precedent. This distraction, this phone call, this crisis. I'm like, I, I just wanted to have that 30 minutes with you, Lord, this morning. But the cat is having a, a meltdown and it's like... There's all sorts of stuff. Why, Lord, now? Why, Lord? Why now? But it's because the enemy doesn't want us to spend time with him. And we see Jesus wanting to do that with his disciples. And there's this moment where Jesus sees the crowds approaching and, and he says to his disciples, he turns to them saying, listen, look at them. They're coming. He has compassion on them. And many of you know the story. They look amongst one another. They find some loaves and fish. And Jesus does a miracle in the midst of them. But what was interesting to see is in that moment, Jesus speaks to the crowd and he says to them, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you can't be my, my disciple, you can't be my follower. That's a very radical thing to say. Can you imagine? Like literally someone saying, okay, it's time guys, you're going to eat of me and drink of me. Can we feel a bit like, this is weird, what's up with that? But the people turn their backs and the crowds leave Jesus and, and, and then he turns to his disciples and he says to them, are you also going to leave me? Because these words that Jesus speaks are hard sometimes. But then Peter has the appropriate, or Simon, he has this appropriate response. He says, Simon Peter, this is in uh, John chapter 6, verse 68 and 69, it says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to, to know that you are the Holy One of God. Friends, this is the revelation that must grip our hearts when we encounter Jesus. Where can we go? Nobody has the word of, words of life but Jesus. And as you come to God's word, I'm trusting that you even now would have such a hunger and a desire just to get into God's word more. I remember spending time as a 21-year-old visiting Uncle Dick Roselt. I would go there at about 6 in the, in the evening, and he was in his 70s at the time already. And, I, and sometimes I would leave there at about 1 in the morning, and I would be sitting there wanting to fall asleep. But Uncle Dick, even in his old age, was more energized and more excited because as he was opening the scriptures, I was just like, wow, this is amazing. He would just look at this and this passage and look at how this ties in with that. And, 
And I was amazed at how usually he would be in bed by seven, but now he's keeping, you know, going beyond me in terms of his, you know, being awake and energized. But I remember driving home after my time with him because all we ever spoke about was the word. And I arrive home and, and then I'm not tired. All I want to do is get more into God's word. Wanting to know this Jesus that Uncle Dick loved. When you and I find ourselves in God's word, it is life. And there is nothing and nowhere else you and I can go. Friends, Jesus' teaching does command and demand a response. You and I cannot spend time in God's word. We can't come to Sunday gatherings or come to a light group or spend time with your friend your Christian friend, even if you're hitting a golf ball or warming something up in the microwave and you're chatting to each other, you and I cannot experience all of those things and not want to make a change. Else, friends, all it is is just another quote. It's empty words. And today I believe God wants you and I to be hungry for more of His Word and to respond, not in saying, yes, that was a cool preach, and then forget about it. But actually, can we be willing to make some of those adjustments? Because every, every place in the Bible where Jesus spoke, we see him transforming lives. I mean, examples would be like Mary Magdalene, you know. Seven demons were, you know, um, she was set free from seven demons. The woman at the well we looked at just recently. You know, uh, Martha this, and, and Mary at the... At the um, resurrection of, of, uh, of Lazarus. Zacchaeus, you know, he was hiding in the tree trying to get to Jesus, but then Jesus calls him. His life, he, in that moment, because he's with Jesus, says, I'm going to sell. I'm going to make right what I've done wrong. I'm going to fix. My life is transformed. Even rich people, their lives were transformed. And what that says to me is that the lowly prostitute, the person that's a single mom, their lives can be impacted, but also someone of good reputation, perhaps standing in society, their lives can be changed as well. And I want to ask us, are we praying for those? Are we reaching out to those? Some of you have got employers that you're working for, and more than just doing your job well, you've got, you and I have opportunities to share the gospel with them. There are moments that you and I can bring people to know Jesus, to lead them towards following him. And can we not stay silent, friends? Can we be intentional to share that with others? Jesus is a beautiful experience to be had and to be shared. I love what it says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, let the word of Christ, every word, if you've got a red letter edition, read through those things, meditate on what Jesus says, but also the entire Bible. You know, in Timothy, it says that all scripture is God-breathed, it's powerful and effective for teaching, for admonishing, and for building up. But it says then in Colossians, it says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What does it mean to dwell? It means make its home. It doesn't visit. It stays. It's part of the furniture. It's part of everyday life. Teaching and admonishing others, no, one another, together, in all wisdom. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's why, friends, when we gather together, there's so many people that are bringing encouragements. I hope that you are encouraged by these prophetic words and encouragements that are coming. 
And I want to encourage you, if you come on a Sunday celebration, that you have some of those things. Sometimes God may speak to you and it would be a massive you know, blessing to others. Don't withhold those things. But in your conversation, as we have a coffee together, as God ministers to us, I believe God wants us to build one another up. Because like I said, when I spent time with Uncle Dick, who was full of God's word, I left wanting to be filled more than I was before. And can that be the testimony of others around us? In closing, I'd like to share with us just this interesting incident that happens here. As Jesus' words were being proclaimed in the synagogue, the church, what happens? Someone with an unclean spirit manifests. I remember last year, one Sunday, we had a, a moment of preached, and I read, we read from the book of Acts. Philip was preaching the gospel in Samaria, and it says that many evil spirits left people with loud cries. And that Sunday, we finished, and, and, and there was a moment where we prayed together, and some people shrieked, and people were manifesting. And I must be honest, after that, some people didn't come back to church. Because I can see where you all sit. You, you're all very nice traditional people. Don't think I don't miss you because I don't maybe see you, but I see you. But what's interesting for me is that after that incident, so many people came to me and said, no, we must stop this. This can't happen in church. Like people can't, like, you know, what are people going to think, you know? And, and to be honest, in that moment, that Sunday, nobody, there was no, no Holy Spirit in E minor on the keyboard. There was no moment created. It was simply God wanting to do something. The authority of God, the word of God being proclaimed. And I'm, I'm a bit concerned that if we gather as believers, we are so surprised and so bowled over by the reality that spiritual things happen when we're in the room. And I felt as I was preparing for this morning that we and I should not be surprised, caught of God. Jesus is simply, be quiet, come out of him. No need for a fuss. But I also want to say, some of you are sitting here, and, and I, this is what I felt God say to me. It's like, some of you are worried that you have an unclean spirit. And you're feeling like, just never ever embarrass me by showing that this is my struggle. And for some of us, that might be that you're struggling with pornography or you're unjust in your dealings or you struggle with lying or you're in a relationship you're not supposed to be in. And some of us are experiencing your seat getting hard, hard you know, like hotter, and your heart is sinking. And you're like, just Lord, just don't expose me. But friends, I spoke to a friend of mine after that particular Sunday, and I, I was telling him what happened, and just some sort of trying to process, even in my own heart, being a bit confused, like, oh, why, why would this happen? And he had such, it just caught me by surprise, his response. He said, well, do you realize that God trusts you with people being able to reveal their vulnerabilities? The environment that you have is a loving environment. And therefore, God can release people from their bondage and sin. Because your love for them and your love for me 
is enough to, uh, to cover over the sin and the shame that someone's experiencing. <laughs> Friends, can we be a church that loves people enough to confront them in their sin, to lead them to Jesus, to help them to be set free, but let us be without judgment because if anybody is without sin, let he be the first one to cast the stone. I believe in this season, God wants to set the church free, set us free from the bondages and the chains of the sin, the habitual realities that we struggle with by bringing us into a space where we say, this is a safe place. If I come and I say, this is my struggle, nobody is going to judge me. Actually, in actual fact, someone is going to help me. And if you are in that space, can I encourage you? Can I implore you? Do not continue to live in bondage any longer, but allow God's word to set you free. Let the teaching of Jesus and the authority of Christ's word and his spirit, even in this room right now, set you and I free. As we come into community and we say, Lord, we are going to be followers of Jesus who follow his teaching and obey what he commands of us. I want to ask us just to stand together as the music team comes together. I'd love for us just to respond. We, we were singing this song about being holy forever. And that word holy means different. It means set apart. It, it means that even in the book of Revelation, as the, as the angels look up to the throne of heaven and they see Jesus high and lifted up, God's throne, they fall on their faces and say, holy, holy, holy. What they're saying is every single time they're seeing something different, an aspect of God that's different. And today as we respond, I'm trusting that you and I would leave here different. Holy, set apart, sanctified to Him, and never ever again caught up in the bondage that we've experienced. And even as we sing, I'm trusting that many of you will be set free in Jesus' name, that you would be completely healed if you've got sickness in your body, if you have got sin in your life. I want to encourage you to reach out to Jesus, to touch His hem, the hem of His garment and experience the supernatural power of God at work in your life. And so friends, as we sing together, I want to open up an invitation. If you are here and you need prayer, you need ministry, you need to be set free. And now in saying that, some of you are thinking, if I come forward, people are going to think, geez, there must be something wrong. No, friends, I'm coming to the front. My heart is here. I want more of Jesus in my life. I want to be a follower of Jesus that makes followers of Jesus. I want to obey his, what he says. And remember, friends, this is a place of love and care, concern for one another. And so this is a safe place. If that's you today, I want to encourage you to come to the front. There will be some leaders and people that will be ministering to you. But as we sing together, can we do business with God? I, I don't want to sort of lead you too much. I know God knows where you are at and what you need. But right now, can we reach out to our King? Maybe you can just open your hands. If you need prayer, you're welcome to come to the front. I'd love to just pray for us. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. Thank you that this is a safe and secure place, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that people today, your people, 
are set free from the bondage of sin and death, Lord. Thank you, Father, that even right now, they'd experience the chains fall off of them in Jesus' name. You set them free in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, that you fill our church with such love and devotion to you that when we gather, Lord, we would be people that hold dear to your teaching, hold closely to what you have said and done, and, Lord, that we would represent you well, that we would leave here today holy, set apart, and different than what we came in here before. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.